Hello, I am thrilled to welcome you to a series of interviews that I hope will make a brilliant addition to Six Impossible Things. It's important to me that we hear from creatives from all walks of life, so I think it's wonderful to connect with a wide range of people who are at different stages in their creative paths. We will talk with crafters, visual artists, both emerging and established, art teachers, and with people who are just venturing into a new creative hobby. Everyone deserves to have their voices heard. Join me in appreciating and supporting all their efforts equally and with kindness. Emotion and experimentation are at the core of the work we will discuss today. They are paintings by the very talented Lucia Lund. She goes beyond mere observation and follows color and line and form through a process of self-discovery. Let's come along for the ride and visit her world of abstraction. It's a beautiful rabbit hole. Hello, everyone. I have a painter with me today who's going to invite us into a world of color and wonderful, cloud-like, almost drifting shapes. Her work is diverse, but always strikingly beautiful. She's a native Spanish speaker, so we will try very, very hard not to sneak in any expressions or comments in Spanish. So let's see what happens. Hola, Lucia. I think we already did it. That was Spanish. Uh, yes. <laughs> That's all right. I think we can get away with that. I wanted to ask you, first of all, um, sure. to please uh, start by perhaps describing your background for the of listeners, course. both personally and professionally, if you don't mind. Of course. Well, I was uh, born in Mexico City. And then for different reasons in my life, I've been I was living in Madrid for a long time. And then I moved back to Mexico, and then I was living in Germany for a long, long time. And I'm a self-taught uh, painter. I come from a family of artists. My uncle and now my brother is a very well-known artist as well. And so I was always growing uh, and having around like art. And my mother used to have a gallery a long time ago. I see. So you were growing up surrounding by art. Yes, definitely. What a luxury. Yeah, it was it was luxury, really. And I remember perfectly it was also not also not only painting, but my mother was bringing us very early to the opera and uh, to expositions. And we were surrounded always by artists as well as in at home. So it was a very artistic environment. You know, that makes me think about um, perhaps uh, you've been exposed to very different kinds of art then. Did you always dedicate yourself or your time to painting or have you explored other disciplines as well? Well, that, that's a very interesting question. Even though I was surrounded by artists, I was never making it professionally. So it was like I was drawing, I was do doing some, I was professionally um dedicating my time and all my work was interior designing. 
So mm-hmm. I was very familiar with color and all this kind of stuff, but I was never, never professionally dedicated to my own artwork. And it was not until five years ago when I professionally dedicate myself to this, you know, like to my own work. And it was exactly, I remember perfectly that it was five years ago and I arrived to where I live now, which is in Merida in Yucatan. And my house was completely empty and it was a big cardboard that was coming exactly that day. And it was huge, you know, these kind of beds that when you open, they are fluffy and, but they come like in a big, big um, cardboard thing. Mm -hmm. So I saw it and it was so big and I thought, oh my God, this is so amazing. And I have, I had a bit of paint and then I started, I had a pencil and so I started to draw and then suddenly I saw that it was two o'clock in the morning and all this cardboard, it was already full of painting and painting and that. I remember perfectly that feeling of being on fire, you Mm -hmm. know, like, oh my God, what is going on with me? Why now this is coming so furiously, you know? And since that day until today, there is no day that I don't paint. Wow. That's, that's, that's an incredible story. I wonder what that switch, it was almost like lightning. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 you know, at the beginning, I thought, oh, my God, this is like a like a big gift, you know, like, why suddenly because I was always thinking like, yeah, I like to, to do interior design and very much and so but sometimes I thought, oh, it will be not nice to really die and not really having the this sense of, oh, yes, I know my passion, you know, mm-hmm. and then suddenly this gift came to me. And I don't care if the people like it or not. It's just what I want to express, what makes me feel. What, But being self-taught has also been a big challenge. At the beginning, of course, and maybe you, you agree with me, when you start, then ne- nothing makes sense. You know, you're like experimenting, which I still do, and I love it. Mm-hmm. But suddenly things are getting, you're beginning to be better and better. And that is a challenge also to being exploring more and more, and especially to go in your inner self and then try to, to bring more. Mm. What, what I think it's, it's very, very amazing is is that description of being gripped by your passion all the time. And uh, do you think that the geography had anything to do with it? The fact that you were back home and you were you know, in in Yucatan, you know, traveling and being in other places and living abroad and all that. Yeah, I mean, because also, you know, I had my son, which I had to, you know, to bring along and uh, I was married. I was, uh, well, I'm still married, but in that time I was living in Germany, which was not easy. And also I was working very hard to have a life, you know, to maintain a life, you know. So mm-hmm. art was like, oh, maybe I don't have time to live from art, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. struggling with that, you know, like this sense of maybe an artist will not make it to live out from that, you know. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly coming back to Mexico and realizing that it was only in my head that I'm able to do whatever I want to do, you know, and believing in yourself again. I don't know. It's not that I was not believing in myself, but, you know, sometimes between art and really doing what you love, you're struggling. Is it really? Am I going to be able to live out of that? There are a lot of doubts. 
Yeah. So then I thought, oh my God, uh, what should I, should I do here? So anyway, at the end of the day, I, all those doubts and all those things went away. And I said, I don't care. I still have butterflies in my stomach every time I, ha- I have a, a, can- a white canvas in front of me. That's amazing. So, you know, from that first day where you starting painting on the enormous piece of cardboard that you yeah. used, um, to today, there must have been something, uh, a first, um, you know, strike of the match, so to speak, that, that inspired you. What inspired you then and what inspires you now? What, what inspired me then, it was the idea of not having limits. Mm. What I want to say is I'm able to do whatever I want. I'm able to work with whatever medium I want. If I want to do, you know, watercolor, if I want to do acrylics, if I want to, to do whatever, who cares? I'm here to explore. I don't have to be tied with some art school things that are the way they want me to do it. I'm free to do whatever I want. And that was such an eye opener because then I'm not afraid to experiment anymore. And at the end of the day, it's only paint. So actually, I'm hearing that being self-taught helps you. A lot. I think for me, it was a big, big thing to be a self-taught. Hmm. Because that didn't give you any sense of limitations, or exactly. That's very interesting. That's very interesting because I was, I was taught in a very, very rigid, extremely rigid system, and I went through the whole schooling, and mm-hmm. I did struggle with that for a long time, and I did struggle with it when I first came to the states because the the system was very different as well. Um, so, as far as current inspiration, can you give me a little bit of a, an idea of what you look at or where you find that inspiration? Yes, of course. Well, I, I, I find inspiration almost in everything. You know how it is when you are creative and when you start really to listen what's going on with your artwork and when you are creating. So I find inspiration inspiration almost in a lot of things for instance in conversations in uh, poetry i find um, also inspirations in feelings uh, i had uh, now i'm going through a, through a phase that i'm thinking a lot about belongings about i have a lot of i'm reading a lot about migration you know we, we are having hard times now all over the world with migrations mm-hmm. so and this feeling of maybe it's because uh i was living in different countries and sometimes had this feeling of where do i belong really mm-hmm. you know this this feeling of where and that is what i'm trying to express now in my paintings you know with different shapes and things that they live together inside of the canvas, but they also have a narrative between them. You know, they have conversations between different shapes. That's a lovely, that's a lovely description. And when I think of your paintings and when I look at what you're, uh, you know, working on, a lot of it reminds me they have a very... um, light feeling to them for me mm-hmm. at least it reminds me a lot of clouds and clouds belong everywhere and mm-hmm. uh, the same cloud can just like drift you know over so many different places and always belong and you know different people look at it and 
and it's always the same cloud, but so it always belongs. And and it's a it's a lovely, you know, it's a lovely metaphor, I think, because I completely understand having lived away from the place where I was born for such a long time. I completely understand what you're talking about with the displacement and, you know, having to adapt and the difficulties and everything else. So um, it's it's a very interesting juxtaposition that you're working on. Yeah, exactly. And also um, color, it's part of my, of my language. Mm. And that's also something that I discovered that even though I, I was working in the past a lot with interior design, which also color has a big, it's very important and it's a big influence, but it has been a big influence in, in my work. But sometimes, uh, and I also have to say that maybe also uh, there's some pieces that I do monochromatic that are some parts of my German part, you know, when I was living there so much and I learned so much of the German discipline. And that is something that I still do, you know, because to be honest, I was not so disciplined in the past as when I had to live in Germany. Mm -hmm. So Germany gave me the discipline of, even though I don't have, you know, sometimes, you know, you're blocked mentally, no, like to create. And even though I am, I always every day go inside my studio and I prepare my paints or I brush my my pencils or I sit down only and watch, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. and that's a discipline. And the more you are there, the more your inspiration, at least for me, it worked like that, that the more I'm inside, the more inspired I get. Of course, it's not everything happiness, you know, there's also a lot of struggle and even tears and and you know it because sometimes you want to express something and it's not possible maybe because you don't have the technique or maybe because you don't know how to do it or maybe you don't know how to draw well which is my case and so it, it's frustrating yeah it can be very frustrating and uh, there's the occasional block as you were describing but despite the that those occasional uh, you know blocks that happen to everyone um I wanted to know if your process in general is very deliberate or is it planned to a high degree of detail or do you just go with the flow? That's interesting. That's a very interesting question because um, when I started, I was going, I was more intuitive, let's say. Now then I'm learning more and I want to express more, reading more and an end. Then it comes more challenging because then I make sketches now Mm -hmm. to see where my shapes belong you know to see how I can place them correctly and I have to also to say that sometimes I have a hundred percent sketch and then I put it when I'm in the canvas in front of the canvas I change it completely because you know it doesn't make sense there exactly when I'm there I change a lot Mm. so it helps to make to make like a like a sketch and sometimes I'm again intuitive when i'm already at the canvas Mm, that's that's fascinating because i was trained as a painter actually that's what i did in college yeah i I did drawing and painting so i can draw um in fact the other day very it's very funny that you mentioned that because i found a bunch of uh slides do you remember slides oh yes (laughs) From from my portfolio when I was in college, and this was 1985. So wow. 
question. And I was going through them and looking at the paintings and I was thinking, ah, look, at I painted that and I drew that. And that was really interesting to see what kind of things I was doing back then at my, you know, how, how old was I? 16, 17. I started college and I was, I had just turned 17. So, um, but one thing that I've learned because I switched, you know, from painting and drawing to collage at one point, one thing I found out through collage is that editing is very, very important. Editing is very essential in collage, but I realized at the same time that it's also very important in painting. So that process that you're describing of capturing the idea on the sketchbook, but then reworking it in a way that it's intuitive on the canvas is very interesting. Yes, and I also think that emotion is also something that, at least for me, you cannot sketch. That's true. You know, so when you're already in front of the canvas and maybe you're mad, then, and normally, let me tell you what I do. I normally work in three pieces at the same time. Ah. And that also helps me a lot because sometimes you're in a mood of something and you don't want to redo that, I mean, or to be in that painting and you're in the mood for maybe the other one, you know, or you're more, I don't know if that happens to to all the painters or not, but for me, it has worked so well because I tend to overwork the pieces. Ah, yep. And that's when editing comes in handy. Exactly. And so that's amazing for me because then when I, when I, see that I'm overworking the pieces, then I stop, you know, and then I take, like, I take a step back, I observe, and then I continue with the other one. And then that has been a game changer for me. That's very interesting uh, that uh, you worked that like that. It helped me a lot because uh-huh. I ruined a lot of pieces because of overworking. So, uh, you know, that's um, something you know, reworking things, recycling even some of the work that you do, because I do that all the time. You know, I have no problem tearing up things, ripping things up and covering things over. It kind of comes with the territory with collage as well. But even when I was painting, I was doing that. And when I was in college, since we were talking about that just a minute ago, we were actually, we would um, recycle, reuse canvases you know because we would make the stretchers and get the canvases prepared so we would paint something and the professor would ask us to just cover it over with gesso and reuse the canvas for another exercise which was painful at the time (laughs) I know I know but sometimes gesso is our best friend I know (laughs) yes it was and there was a lesson there actually you know that that I learned nothing is so precious that you can't really rework it and turning it to something else. Okay, so um, you know, I'm I'm hearing that of course we we borrow and we learn things and things develop. And I guess that's the challenge. It is to remain true to yourself and original. And I was wondering if you could define originality, what it means to you in the context of your paintings. 
Whoa, that's a very good question. And once um, I've heard, especially at the beginning, once I've heard a sentence from an artist I, I admire so much, and he said, well, don't be, he told me once, don't be so hard on yourself. Think that everything in art is done. Mm. Everything. You're not discover, you will not discover anything that is not invented yet. Everything what it art is about, it's there. Only try to be yourself. Mm. And that gave me so much peace because, you know, you're trying to, oh, maybe I will do this that nobody has done and I will be originally original. We are original. We are only once. Of course, in art, there's people that copy this or that or that, which, but I guess, it's not that everybody does it, but you learn from other artists and you learn techniques and you learn a lot of things. But you're only one person. Yeah. And and we're also, all of us are subject to the same messaging, you know, in general from society all at the same time. So there are some similarities that are going to be inevitable. Uh, of course. Of course, also the surroundings, the the uh, what we are living in in this world in this moment, the problematics that we that we have, uh, COVID. I don't know, whatever you know. It's it's yeah. like the influence is there for everyone. That's exactly right. So I I'm hearing that you don't necessarily put a lot of weight on the concept of originality. You're pretty laid back about it. Yes, I'm pretty laid out about, but now I'm more concerned about developing my own language. Uh, and how do you go about that? Oh, that's a big challenge. It's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a big question, but the more I stick to, to, how can I express that? The more I stick to my own process, the better it goes. For instance, part of my part of my process of what I do in my studio is I dedicate like one or two hours for experimenting, mm. no matter what. And in that experimentation, it comes a lot out. Sometimes not. Sometimes it's rubbish and you have to throw it away and that's it. But some other things not. Some other things I cut them, I place them, I put it in a wall so I can see them more often. How colors react to some different mediums or maybe I add some I don't know watercolors that I mix now lately I'm doing a lot of oil pastels mm. in with acrylic I'm using it like only to make marks you know like mm -hmm. draw on top of the of the acrylic but in big pieces I'm I'm now uh, painting big format mm -hmm. which has been also a big challenge but I love it. Mm. So, you know, sometimes you were saying sometimes it's rubbish and you have to throw it away. But rubbish is also useful sometimes because it teaches you. Things. I agree. I agree. Totally agree. And especially from from failure, from making mistakes, it's where I learn the most. Mm. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, you were uh, telling us about this artist who, who gave you that peace of mind to yeah. be yourself and be authentic. And um, it makes me think if there are any, uh, perhaps any artists who have inspired you over the years, anybody that comes to mind. 
Oh my God, I have so many, so, so many artists that are inspiring me. For me, for instance, I really admire uh, Helen Frankenthaler. Mm. I admire um, Hilma F. Clint, mm. especially, especially her, because of course, of the whole story, what is behind her and everything, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, but there are plenty of artists. Also, I love Elaine de Kunig. Mm. Even even though you know her husband was the the famous one, but her she was like I love her artwork. So I have really a lot of people that I really admire, and I think a big changer for me was the work of knowing the the work of Helen Frankenthaler because because of the way she was working with color, mm. and that made for me a lot of sense you derived a lot of inspiration from her work can you can you point at any of the pieces where you made that you know like a concerted effort to say yes what i've learned from her it's going to be in this piece it's going to be here yes yeah, especially contrast ah. you know contrast helen frankenthaler had a lot of uh, she was working a lot as you know with with uh, color and expression um, especially with color and uh, the way she was putting the colors together, it was for me a big uh, game changer because you know you try to follow, even though you know the color wheel or whatever that makes sense, but also the mixing of colors and again comes to my work the experimentation. Mm-hmm. For instance, um, the way I I do color is um, I put my colors, my color palette, and then from each, I mix a bit of each color in every one. For instance, if I have a blue, I mix uh, a bit of the purple that I will also use in that blue. That's fascinating. That's an interesting way of working. And uh, yeah, I I actually had a question about your work because uh, it's so very colorful. It's so vibrant, but it's also very graceful. There's nothing heavy about it. There's nothing, um, you said that sometimes you overwork pieces, but still I find it to be very graceful. Um, and I know that you've created pieces in black and white that rely heavily on pattern as well. But I really yes. love how you use forms that kind of bend and they seem to be moving kind of like clouds. I was saying earlier, like they're moving in the breeze, you know. So yeah. could you, you know, tell the listeners what, is the process of creating one of your paintings like if you could like give us a step by step perhaps oh, of course well what i normally do is i have my my white canvas in front of course the gesso process everything but then i make marks inside i i take uh, crayons or pencils and make only like lines and then from that, it's like, for me, it's like to activate, let's say, the canvas or to see where am I in that moment. And then the first thing that I do is I draw a black spot or a black shape. Hmm. And then from that, I start my composition. Does that, does that space, is that dark black space centers you in some way? Yes. It, it it gives me like my level, let's say, no, you know, like like okay, from here on I will work. Sometimes I have like the half of the piece in black. 
But then I start to cut it and I start to, you know, I, I love to work with rulers, for instance, and I draw on top of the rulers. I use a lot of um, tools, for instance. I like to use tools also like, I don't know how to say it. When you hang a, a painting and you put like a, the level. Anyway, <laughs> I use that a lot. And um I also use these painters, big, um, you know, where you put like a, when you don't want to paint anymore and you, you put it on, it's like a painter. I don't know. So you're masking an area. Exactly. That, and that's from where I'm, uh, I will, I'll be, I'll, I'll be working from that on. I see. So that's, that's as far as the technical aspect of how you create a painting. But what yeah. about ideas and themes that reappear? Does that happen to you often? Do you find yourself revisiting motifs? Yes, but I I also have to say that in the past two years, I've been photographing a lot of things. Mm. For instance, things that come to my mind or when I'm walking and things that I see uh, when I go somewhere, some. I catch myself, you know, photographing different shapes, different things that after that, when I have a bit of, of peace at my studio or whatever, then I look again to those pieces, shapes or whatever. And then I also get inspired of those. Mm -hmm. So that's also part of my process. And have you considered, you know, if at all, maybe, maybe not, but have you considered the meaning behind these motifs? Why, why they are important to you? Well, for me, it's important to mark differences, uh -huh. you know, differences of the way human beings are, the differences of races, the difference of uh, languages, and that we all combine in one canvas at the end of the day. That's true. So for me, differences are important. So that's what you were talking about earlier when you were saying that you seek harmony. Exactly. Ah, that's very fascinating. But I also see, but I also see fragmented parts. I see cows. Oh, sometimes they, there's no space in between them. Mm. But that is done on purpose. Mm. That's interesting. So you work mostly abstractly, completely abstractly. Yeah, completely abstractly. We yeah. say that in case uh, some of the listeners are not familiar with your work, because yeah. It was my fault. I forgot to mention that you were no abstract. Yes, completely abstract. Yeah, most mm. of it. Yeah. So uh, you said earlier that uh, as well that um, you're currently working on much larger canvases and that that's a challenge. So do you enjoy challenging yourself? And I that, love it. That's one way. <laughs> but are there any other ways that you challenge yourself? Well, now my biggest challenge is my studio because it's um, now that I decided to paint bigger, then I need a bigger studio. <laughs> so then that's a challenge, you know, but I like to challenge myself. Yes. And uh, how do you go about that other than, um, you know, format? Well, what I'm doing now is I have to bring my canvas outside and paint. Uh, I mean, we have very nice weather here. So now in winter which is a very nice weather. In this moment of our winter, we have 29 degrees, so I'm able to paint outside. Yes, if I try to paint outside in Vermont in the winter, I would die. 
oh my god i know i know <laughs> plus yeah. it gets dark at 4 30 so i wouldn't be able to see very much <laughs> i know so i have an amazing light so what i'm doing now is i'm putting all my stuff outside and painting outside has that changed you know because of course the light being outside rather than indoors the quality of, of light changes quite a bit does that change your choice of colors for instance completely completely and it has been also now a challenge even because in summer here for instance from april to june we have very hot weather and what i mean is 42 45 degrees so you have to be in an air conditioning place right Mm -hmm. So that changes because, of course, I don't have the beautiful light that I have now in winter that mm -hmm. I can be able to to paint outside. Um, so going back, you know, to color, and I know that you're very, very knowledgeable about color because your interior design background and because a lot of your work is, you know, it's, it's pure, delightful color. Thank you. Um, so what, you know. How would you describe your preferred color scheme? Is there one? Is it reminiscent of your surroundings or is it uh, something that you deliberately choose and work, you know, work with all the time? How would you go about choosing a, a color palette? Cook, to be honest, it's about the mood. Ah. For me, full. Uh, I tried to make a, I made a series last year about a commission series of six pieces that it was only four colors, right? And I loved it. It turned out uh, very well. But I have to say that it was a big challenging to make all the series in the same colors. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I like to choose my color palette of the mood. Maybe that will change soon because I also recognize that lately I'm using the same color shame, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think it's more oriented if what I'm wanting to express, but it's sub subconsciously, it's not on purpose. Mm. So the difficulty was that you had, you had a commission that required you to use the same color throughout the six pieces, but your mood kept changing and you couldn't use the same colors. Exactly, exactly. Oh. And that was challenging. That must have been a little painful. I can see that. Yeah, yeah, it was challenging. But <laughs> it, it turned well. And, and finally, they were very happy with the pieces, you know. But I'm sure. But it was something strange for me to do. Yeah, it must have been difficult. Yes. Yeah. Um, so acrylics are your medium of, of choice. And you said that you're also using oil pastels today, these days. Exactly. I'm using oil pastel sticks. I'm also using pigments. I'm also using ink. And I think that's it. I was, I was saying that this is a little bit of a trick question, but I was wondering how you felt about the digital age as an artist who relies on a let's say, traditional form of expression? You know, is it exciting? Is it overwhelming? What are your thoughts? My thought is excitement pure because I'm always open to experiment. And I'm always open to see some other. And if I'm able, technically also, I will not mind to try also digital. Why not? It's just that I'm terrible at it, I think, because I've never tried it. I have trouble going uh, in technology sometimes, you know, it's like 
like so difficult sometimes to deal with the technology now and I'm not good at it at all. I'm open to to learn and yeah, willing to learn always. So, um, you know, going back to the why of why you paint, the why behind things mm-hmm. is that fascinates me always since I was little. I always wanted to know why, why, why. Yeah. Uh, you know, what is the need, if any, you know, what kind of need does painting fulfill in you? Do you think it's a form of of communication that doesn't rely on words that you exercise or are there on any other reasons? Well, I think there's a lot of reasons why I paint. And one of it is exactly what you said now. It's the the form I can communicate what sometimes I cannot through words. Number two, um, I am an ADD person Mm. and it helps me so much my painting, my artwork, you know, to be there, the exercise of painting. It helps me a lot to focus and to concentrate and to be in my world. And Mm -hmm. I love that so much. And number three, it's a need. It has become a need. So it's more than a habit. It's a need. It's it's gone beyond the status of habit. Yeah, it's beyond that. It's for me, it's like uh, sometimes uh, I wake up like at three o'clock in the morning and I always have like a little notebook with a pen and I write ideas. And I'm so looking forward that it's five o'clock that I can stand up and go to my studio and paint. I totally understand that because I, I think about cutting paper in my dreams. Do you think that uh, it's mostly I'm hearing a, you know, communication wise, it's just communicating emotions more than any other kind of idea? Well, um, emotions, um, not anymore. I think it was more, even though the color palette, I choose it because of my mood uh-huh. sometimes, but um, I think it's it's a communication. And I think it's also like a, a bit therapy of myself, for myself, for my own benefit. Benefit, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, I, I, I absolutely get it. There is a selfish aspect to art making sometimes um, from the point of view of the artist, clearly. Mm-hmm. I think so. For me, it is like that. I don't know for some other painters, but for me, it is. Mm. That's very interesting. So, um, you know, we've established that your work is changing in format. Okay? You're going a lot larger. How large are we talking about? So um, now I'm doing like uh, two meters for 180. Uh huh. So that and out, I would say six feet by mm, five and a little. Anyway, so it's 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 that and and I love it. I have to say that I love it. Of course, I I have to change tools because it's not the same to to paint with a pencil of a normal size now so i i changed the tools now but it's also exciting it's very exciting to 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 see and also your 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 language it's changing the way you uh, in a way of how you paint because you need more energy to to put the shapes on on a bigger canvas you know i was going to say there's a lot of more physical demands exactly it's more physical Mm, I see. And sometimes I'm in the floor, you know, with my knees bended, which they hurt a lot because I'm not really the thinnest 
anymore. So I have to put like a like a uh, pillow so I don't get hurt. And but anyway, it makes a lot of fun anyway. You know, another question that I have um, that I I just haven't been able to you know I've I've read I've been reading and looking at everything that I could find about you and. Um, I was wondering if you ever work in collaboration with other artists or do you prefer to work solo? No, I will not mind to work with other artists. In fact, I will like, uh, as I said before, I'm always open to learn new things. And I think it will be very nice, but I never had the chance to work with some other artist so far. I am open to collaborations, always. That's wonderful. It's a wonderful way of, uh, you know, stretching you know, your imagination and, and your technique as well, I think. And yeah, and having that back and forth with somebody else who's also very invested in art making and, and, lo and loves the, the process. I think it's very enriching. I like it. Yeah, I like it too. I like it too. And finally, you know, what do we have to look forward to in Lucia's universe? What are your immediate projects? Okay, my media projects are, as I said before, the challenge of uh, painting bigger. I'm enjoying lately to making diptych, and now I will try to make a triptych. Yeah, yeah, triptych. And um, so that's what I will be doing in the next year. That's really going large. You don't mess about. You you no. decided that you were going big, and you are going big. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love it. And it's challenging. As I said, it's for me, it's important to be always challenging myself. Are the triptychs hinged or separate pieces? Separate. Well, I paint them hinged, but then I, I move them all the time. Uh, that's also something that I forgot to tell you about my process, that it's interesting. My paintings are not always, I, I mean, I start, I hang them to paint. I, I normally work on the wall not an easel. Ah. And I have like a row of of um, nails that I, I can rotate them the whole time. So sometimes they are backwards. Sometimes I start them in a way and sometimes they rotate the whole time. Uh, does it help you to have a different view once you put them upside down or sideways? Does it help you to discover things that you hadn't seen before? Totally. Totally. That was a big changer also for me, especially so I can show the differences because it's not the same painting that you see when you have it normal or upside down. Mm. So your relationship with the image changes completely. Yes. That's fascinating. Yes. Really interesting. It even happens with, uh, I find, with just smaller, smaller works as well. It did, it did, but not as much as as the format that I'm doing now. Mm, I have to take your word for it because I've never worked that large. It's just something that it's in my bucket list. Yeah. And um, I I wanted to ask you one last question because I mm -hmm. had some uh, shows this past year or this year that's that's ending. Can you yes. tell a little bit about those? Yes, of course. Well, I had... Um, I have very nice shows this year. I was really so happy in February. I was taking part of a show that was um, showing, uh, um, it was a show about uh, women painters. Mm -hmm. And it, that was a very nice show with very uh, good um, emerging artists also from the region. 
And then I had another show in a private gallery, in a, in a gallery, which it went pretty well also with two other artists. It was a collective. And in this moment, I have now another, another show with uh, four pieces going on. And for next year, um, so far, I have already two, two bookings for, to make two new um, shows. Wow, you're very busy then. That's yes, I'm very excited, very excited of what's going on and and all what um, you know. I'm very sure that I'm not alone of thinking of yeah this uh, process of making it and but also the it's amazing that the people can see what you do mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and um, like I said before in the past, I mean, now it's amazing the exposure that we have with social media, right? Mm -hmm. But I think that there's nothing like seeing artwork live. Oh, I would agree with you. I And I only wish I was closer and could be there in person because what a treat that would be. And I was thinking about treats and I wanted to ask you if you drink tea or coffee. I drink coffee. I love coffee. Well... It's, uh, I guess it's time to grab a cup of whatever you drink and head out to the studio. And that's where the magic happens. So thank you for your time, Lucia. It's been wonderful talking to you today. And to everyone listening, please check out all the information regarding Lucia's work in the notes section. And I will see you next Tuesday. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening to Six Impossible Things. I hope you enjoyed it. Please join me again next week. Subscribe on your favorite app so you don't miss any episodes. And visit madcollage.com for original artwork, exclusive prints, and monthly offers. For extra goodies, please visit my Redbubble store and select your favorite merchandise. You can also help make Six Impossible Things possible with a small contribution so that I can enjoy a lovely cup of tea while I write and edit this content. Have a peaceful and creative week. Take care.